Hello. Namaste to all and welcome to Easy Ayurveda Gurukula episode uh, 39. It's another uh, episode with yet another resource uh, speaker. Offense as a famous uh, proverb goes, the three qualities of uh, a very good surgeon comprises of an eagle's eye, a lion's heart, and a lady's finger or uh, hand. So this describes a surgeon in brief. Today we have uh, such a young surgeon with us, Ayurveda uh, surgeon, Dr. Ashwin Jairam Shetty, sir, with us. We'll be presenting uh, a very important topic uh, to all of us. So I hope and guess we'll have a very good uh, learning session with uh, Dr. Ashwin on behalf of all our participants. First of all, extending a warm welcome to all our lovely participants of Easy Ayurveda who've been here time and again to support these sessions and uh, involving yourselves in wonderful interactions and uh, posting those wonderful questions and making these sessions uh, very useful, informative, and learning sessions, as I always tell. On behalf of all of us and Team Easy Ayurveda, may I extend a cordial welcome to Dr. Ashwin Shetty, sir, to our uh, session, Easy Ayurveda Gurukula. Ashwin sir, welcome to Easy Ayurveda Gurukula. Namaste. Namaste sir. Thank you sir. So before handing it over uh, uh, to Dr. Ashwin for his uh, presentation of today's uh, topic, uh, let, let me admit a few participants. So before uh, uh, handing it over to Dr. Ashwin, so may I introduce Dr. Ashwin to all of us in short. Dr. Ashwin Jairam Shetty has completed his uh, graduation from the Government Ayurveda College uh, Medical College, Bengaluru, in uh, 2014 and practiced uh, Ayurveda uh, in the capital city of uh, Karnataka for three years. And uh, he has done his MS in uh, Shalya Tantra at uh, the prestigious Sri Sri College of Ayurvedic uh, Science and Research Hospital in the year 2021. So worked as uh, an assistant professor in the department of uh, Shanya Tantra at Sharada Ayurveda Medical College, Mangaluru, for around two years. So he's given a few publications from his end, two publications in Scopus Index Journals, JIM, and Annals of uh, Ayurveda Medicine. Currently, Dr. Ashwin uh, is uh, working as uh, Ayurveda consultant in uh, Shanya Tantra, so that's surgery as a surgical expert. Atar Home Easy Ayurveda Hospital at Mangaluru, Karnataka, Bharat. So today, in 39th episode, Dr. Jairam will be, Dr. Ashwin will be presenting to us on the topic multi-modular management of recurrent pylonidal sinus as a case series. Without wasting any time, over to you, Ashwin, sir. So thank you for a very nice introduction, sir. Uh, I shall share my screen now. I hope my screen is visible. Absolutely, sir. You are uh, clear, clearly audible. Your screens are visible. Yeah. You can carry it. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. So uh, the topic of uh, the day is multimodular management of uh, recurrent pylonidal disease, a case series. So before I start my presentation, I would like to dedicate my work, uh, all my work to all my teachers. Uh, with this, I will uh, start my presentation. 
So starting with uh, the contents of my presentation will be uh, introduction. So where we'll be understanding what is the disease actually and what are the what is the pathogenesis and uh, prognostic prognosis of this disease along with the challenges in the treatments what we face and followed by we'll uh, go through some case series where we have multiple cases which we have uh, been addressed and we have treated with uh, our ayurvedic management so and what were the outcome of those and uh, later we shall discuss on the probable mode of action uh, and the rationally behind uh, opting these kind of treatments and uh, what is the advantage of ayurvedic modalities and later on we'll conclude with the take home message and uh, what are the further scope for these kind of studies so starting with pylonidal sinus a painful journey so let's understand this uh, complex disease in a simple way so when i split uh, these words pylo is derived from the latin word pilus which means hair nidal is derived from nidus which means nest and sinus is a blind track or a hollow space so pylonidal sinus is nothing but it is a track or a space within which lies a nest of hair as you can see in this picture so this is a condition which are often uh, seen in the natal cleft overlying the coccyx which is the tailbone with one or more uh, usually non infected midline opening it communicates with a fibrous tract which is lined by unhealthy granulation tissue and contains hair which is loosely lying within the lumen most commonly it is affecting the men in particularly hairy men than women so during the second world war uh, this was uh, commonly army jeep drivers so hence it was uh, hence this condition was uh, more popularly known as the jeep disease or the jeep drivers disease moreover a similar condition is identified in the web spaces of fingers of barbers uh, so which is caused by the hair entering in the moist and damaged skin or the interdigital clefts or the web spaces now uh, the pylonidal disease has the reported incidence of 26 per 1 lakh population in us and 48 per 1 lakh population in germany and this condition is more seen in north americans due to the uh, hair characteristics and the growth pattern of the hair typically affecting the teenagers and uh, along, uh, to the mid uh, young adult age so that means it is affecting the second and uh, third decade of uh, life's uh, life span and uh, one of the studies shows that the prevalence in india is uh, estimated to be 6.6 percentage with a peak age of incidence at 16 to 25 years of age so that again ends up to second and third decade of life so furthermore the prevalence as i said before is Uh, more among the men that is up to 2 to 3 times uh, more than men more in men than in women now uh, coming to the etiological factors or causes though in 1833 this disease was first witnessed by professor mayo as a congenital condition 
evolving incidents have increasingly pointing this towards an acquired etiology uh, as a cause of uh, this disease so other than congenital we have uh, certain occupationally acquired uh, condition where you can see uh, these kind of conditions happening in uh, people who are uh, doing the sheep shearers that is who are trimming the wool of the sheep drop dog or pet trimmers and as well as the barbers so who have who are into these kind of occupation are more likely to have these kind of condition along with this furthermore the risk factor includes sedentary lifestyle and obesity then hirsutism or hypertrichosis which is a condition where you have excessive hair growth over the body is also one of the reason for this kind of a, a disease or a condition then we have positive family history or uh, hereditary being one of the cause inflamed follicles or folliculitis where there is blocked hair follicle which can lead to enlargement or rupture of this pilosebaceous gland so when you when i say pilosebaceous gland these glands are within the hair follicle the what they do is they secrete oily substance called sebum so when they get blocked they either get infected and form an abscess or they uh, end up having a chronically discharging sinus and lastly local irritation or trauma in these kind of places uh, or a small breach in skin uh, skin over this areas can be a predisposal uh, factor for uh, for this disease so these are the major uh, causative factors which cause this kind of a disease now coming to pathogenesis the three primary variables of uh, which are responsible for uh, for the occurrence of this disease are hair force and vulnerability of the skin so let's understand what are the role of all these three factors so hair when i come to uh, when i talk about hair the source of hair can either be the natal cleft itself in a hairy individual or a loose hair which uh, falls from the head or the back into the natal cleft and which behaves like an invader or a foreign body so another possibility is that the hair follicle within the natal cleft can become distended or obstructed which leads into an edema or an inflammation uh, in the same way which you can see in this picture and subsequently a chronic abscess may develop and uh, which uh, later ends up forming a tract which is known as a sinus now the quality of hair and the quantity both influence in the pathogenesis of this disease when i say about the quality of hair it is in terms of the thickness of hair the texture and the curliness of the hair and uh, characteristically it is more seen in dark haired individual rather than a blond hair or a soft haired individual now coming to the second factor which is force so when i talk about force it is the shearing force or friction which is there between the buttock which creates a negative pressure at the natal cleft and it creates the process of insertion of that hair into the skin so this is the way uh, how force uh, causes the pathogenesis of uh, pilonidal disease and uh, uh, along with this there are secondary factors such as depth of the natal cleft and uh, 
there is the narrowness of the natal cleft which influences this intensity of the process so this is why one of uh, why obesity is being considered as one of the reason for the causes of uh, pyelonidal disease due to bulky buttock uh, there is a deeper natal cleft and uh, the natal cleft becomes more narrower so that is how uh, obesity uh, has been a uh, profounding factor for causing uh, the pyelonidal disease now coming to the third factor which is the vulnerability of the skin so when i talk about vulnerability it is the local irritation or susceptibility uh, to undergo trauma or uh, breakage or infection or maceration so which will lead to this disease so hence hair force and vulnerability of the skin all these three factors are equally necessary for the pathogenesis of this disease coming to the clinical features what the patient experiences patient usually complains of intermittent pain swelling and discharge from the base of the spine so there is a there are often a history of repeated abscess formation which eventually bursts open or it can be also uh, which 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 can be drained by a surgeon itself and uh, there are later on what happens is there are sinuses or primary sinus or secondary sinus which may develop so these primary sinus are one or more opening as you can see in this picture so these are one one or many openings which strictly they happen in the midline of the natal cleft between the sacrococcygeal joint and the tip of the coccyx so when i talk about sacrococcygeal joint it is the joint where the sacrum bone joins your tailbone and the tip of the coccyx is the tip of the uh, tailbone where the uh, the tailbone ends so this is the region where the primary sinuses happen usually happen and uh, they are strictly in the midline of the natal cleft whereas when i when we come to the secondary sinuses they branch like a tree laterally so they go into the surrounding tissue laterally so what do we understand by saying the primary or secondary sinuses so these primary sinuses what you are seeing here are just the hair entry sites from where the hair has entered and the secondary sinuses are the exit points of this hair so that is how there are two entry and exit openings which are seen in this kind of disease so furthermore this condition can be amplified by changes in the natal cleft microenvironment uh, including the increased moisture due to sweating and the anaerobic environment that is absence of oxygen due to the close approximation of the buttock that is why there is absence of oxygen due to that there is anaerobic environment and there are bacteria which are involved in the infection process which is happening here usually uh, bacteria which are involved here are anaerobic bacteria due to the environment which has been created there now coming to the management options what we have in modern science so, so starting with incision and drainage or uh, when there is an active abscess which has been formed there is incision and drainage which is being done then there is wide excision of the whole diseased tissue and uh, healing by secondary intention so you can see here the process of healing and the outcome of this scar so please note uh, or please observe the type of scar which is formed here 
so that we can compare the scar which is formed by our management, uh, how better it is. So next, we have excision or wide excision or removal of the whole diseased tissue and primary closure. So what here it is being done is the whole tissue has been excised deeply and it has been sutured in the midline. So this is one of the uh, method of uh, treating this disease. And then there are certain improvisation of this technique where this is a technique where the, the scar is being lateralized. So you can see it is not in the midline. So the scar has been lateralized. So the incision also is taken in the lateral uh, aspect so that there is no scarring in the natal cleft. Then we have something called as marsupialization. So this is a method where the wound margins are sutured so that the wound heals from below with secondary intention of wound healing so that it doesn't form a false healing and it heals from the below. Then we have certain excision followed by reconstructive flap surgery. This is plastic surgery where this is called a Z-plasty, which is one among the uh, popular methods of treating this kind of a disease. Then we have a rhomboidoplasty or Limburg's flap where you have a rhomboid uh, diseased tissue which has been removed and the neighboring tissue has been reflected and it's been sutured. Then we have a VY flap where the flap is taken from both the sides and it has been approximated. After this we have certain minimally invasive or non-surgical approach like laser techniques. Then we have sclerosant injections into the sinus which uh, eventually chemically cauterizes this whole sinus. Then we have fibrin glues where these kind of glues obliterate the whole tract. And then furthermore there are uh, not so popular methods like cryosurgery, vacuum assisted drainage etc. Now the whole problem with this disease is recurrence. Now this is what the uh, uh, what it makes this disease more complex because as recurrence remains high despite of wide range of treatment modalities and latest advancement in the treatment modalities. So when we see in this graph you can see the amount of or the percentage of recurrences which is seen in all the conventional methods of uh, treating this uh, pilonidal disease. So studies have shown that all these contemporary uh, surgical methods have failed to eradicate the disease, though there are few uh, flap techniques which I have uh, shown you before, which uh, do cause less recurrence, but they do distort the natural contour of that region. So there is distortion of the contour of that region, so which is what uh, people won't appreciate of that. And therefore, there remains no such gold standard method that a surgeon would prefer to advocate in this kind of a disease. So now what Ayurveda has to contribute? When we look into Sushruta Samhita, Acharya Sushruta has explained this condition as Shalyaja Nadi Vrana. That means a sinus which has a foreign body within it. So Sushruta has advocated a very unique, minimally invasive treatment modality known as Kshara Sutra. I think uh, you all might have heard about this. So this is a procedure which is uh, indicated in Nadi Vrana. So uh, as pylonidal sinus is one among the Nadi Vrana. 
and this is nothing but a, it is a medicated seton or a thread which is especially used for sukumara so it is indicated in sukumara that means who are sensitive individuals who cannot bear the pain of uh, a, a regular surgery or who is who are anxious or who has a fear of surgery so in these people these threads are being uh, tied uh, into the sinuses so what this thread does is it does the shodhana lekana and vedana of the tract so that means it does the purification or cleansing of the tract it does scrape the unhealthy tissue as well as it cuts the tissue gradually so that the wound heals gradually so but when uh, depending on the chronicity of the condition and recurrence and number of tracts which are involved the chikitsa can be a multimodular approach as explained by acharya shushruta as in i have list, listed here so it can be ashtavida shastra karma where these are the eight principal surgical techniques which have been explained by acharya shushruta then we have kshara karma that is a potent herbal alkali which has been applied over the deceased part then we have agni karma which is a thermal cautery which is used then we have shasti upakrama or a suitable chikitsa from shasti upakrama which are the 60 broad spectrum and condition specific wound or ulcer management which is been explained by acharya shushruta so coming to the case series we shall discuss six cases of the different individuals so we'll start with the first case so here we have a 15 years old girl who is uh, having uh, the history of hirsutism or who has an excessive body hair so you can see in this picture the density of hair which is there on her, on her back so she came with the chief complaints of uh, recurrent pain swelling and discharge from the natal cleft since 2 years so she has undergone conventional surgical excision couple of times but the condition has recurred with a bad hypertrophied scar which has eventually compromised her sitting posture so this is a hard scar what is what is she has developed and uh, this is a siton or a thread which has been kept to keep her uh, track patent now for which we have uh, planned a multimodular management approach so these were the sequence of treatments which were being done so among the ashtavida shastra karma we have chosen to do the eshana vedana aharana chedana and lekana so when i talk about eshana it is the probing of the tract with a metal probe vedana is a elliptical incision what we give to open up the tract aharana is extraction of the foreign body or the extraction of the hair which is there within the tract chedana is complete excision or complete removal of the tract and lekana uh, is the debridement or it is the scraping of any remnant diseased tissue which is there in that tract so along with this agni karma was uh, done hand in hand uh, for the purpose of chedana lekana as well as raktastambhana that means for the hemostasis or to arrest the bleed then after this uh, shastra karma was done we have uh, applied tikshna pratisaraniya apamarga kshara so this is a highly potent 
alkaline preparation which is made out of uh, acaranthus aspera plant which is called as apamarga in sanskrit so this paste which was applied over the wound for shatamatra kala that means around 100 matra kala which is approximately 60 seconds so now what happens here is after application of tikshna uh, pratisarin yakshara the vrana or the wound which is there it turns into pakva jambu phala varana that means it turns into bluish black color which is similar to that of jamun fruit so once this happens we rinse the wound with amlajala to neutralize the effect of shara so as shara is alkaline in nature we neutralize this with something which is acidic in nature so as uh, it has been explained in uh, shushruta samhita we use amla any amlajala to wash out or to neutralize this effect of kshara so after this we go for vrana chikitsa that is vrana shodhana vrana ropana utsadana bandana and krishnikarana so vrana shodhana means uh, cleansing of that wound or making the wound into a clean wound vrana ropana is uh, healing of that wound so this process is being done partially orally and partially uh, locally so orally we have been given uh, medications like kaishoro gugulu gandaka rasayana then tiktaka kashaya so what these drugs do is like uh, kaishoro gugulu is tridoshahara it is sarva vrana ropaka then it is vedanahara it kills the pain it also reduces uh, uh, the size of the wound it he it helps in the healing process so then gandaka rasayana is twachya it is tridoshahara again it is antimicrobial it is anti inflammatory in action then coming to tiktaka kashaya it is pittahara it is indicated in kushta visarpa daha and uh, dushta nadi and dushta vrana vidradi etc so that is how we have uh, that is why we have given these kind of oral medications in this kind of a condition and externally uh, we do uh, the vrana basti that means we retain certain kind of after this is done after the shodhan of the vrana that is done by the kshara etc then we go for vrana basti that is retention of medicated oil or a ghee in the wound site so this is done by utsadana grita so utsadana karma is one among the shashti upakrama which i had explained to you before so this utsadana karma is done for deep wounds when there is a very deep wound and we want the wound Uh, to have a good tissue amplification so that uh, the depth of the wound reduces so in these conditions utsadana karma is been indicated and for that acharya shushruta has explained a yoga which is uh, known as utsadana grita which has drugs like apamarga ashwagandha talapatra suvarchala kakolyadigana so a grita made out of all these drugs is been prepared and it is being uh, retained over the wound for particular duration of time at a particular temperature so this is called as vrana basti so after this vrana bandana that is an adequate sterile bandage which is being done to protect the wound from external factors so through this systematic approach krishnikarana that means a healthy minimal scar which has a pigmentation similar to that of a skin could be achieved
So now we shall see the progress in this condition of this patient, where on the day one, you can see uh, what was the condition of the wound. And on the day seven, you can see the Shuddha Vrana Lakshana. So as explained by Acharya Shushruta, so the uh, Vrana is devoid of all the three doshas. So it is devoid of all the three dosha. There is Shava Vosta. That means there are healthy granulation, uh, red granulation, which is seen, which is comparatively different from the first picture what you are seeing here. And there is uh, Alpa Sravata or uh, Nirasravi. So there is scanty discharge from this wound. There is Avedana, that is the pain which is there is very less in this condition or there is nil negligible pain. So these kind of Shuddhavrana Lakshanas are being explained by Acharya Shushruta, which can be appreciated on day seven through this process. And on every week, you can see the changes in wound depth and uh, the wound slowly regresses. By day 40, the wound heals completely with epithelialization. And uh, it, uh, a follow-up after six months has shown a very matured scar with no signs of recurrence. So this was about the case one. Coming to case two, we have a 22-year-old male who has reported with the chief complaints of pain, swelling, and bloody discharge from the umbilical region since uh, six months. So he has uh, treated. He was treated externally with uh, dressings and uh, antibiotics in his active phase, and uh, the condition subsided temporarily, but it has recurred again, for which he has approached us. So here, uh, among the there is a similar uh, uh, kind of sequence of treatments, but uh, here when we see into the Ashtavida Shastra Karma, we have done Eshana, that is probing, Vedana, the cutting open of the tract. Aharana, extraction of the hair within the tract, and Lekana, that is scraping of the walls of those tract. Followed by the same thing, Agni Karma, Shara Karma, followed by Vrana Chikitsa. So here, as the wound formed is not very deep, the wound is very shallow, so you don't have to go for Vrana Basti. You can go for Vrana Pichu with any kind of Vrana Ropaka Dravyas like uh, Jatyadi Grita, Durvadi Grita, etc. So in this first picture, you can see the, the probing or the Ashana being done to one of the track. So this is one track. There is one more track which is going deep into the umbilicus. And there is some gra unhealthy granulation which is popping out of the, from the umbilical region. So second picture shows the Aharana Karma. So we have extracted the strands of hair which was embedded within the uh, wound or the track. Then the third picture shows the post Agni Karma and Chara Karma, uh, how the wound looks after the process. On the day third, you can see the presentation of the wound where there is redness, there is slight inflammation, but it is in the process of healing. On day five, the wound is completely healed. There is no discharge. There is no uh, open wound which is seen. And on day 10, it is completely healed with a very nice matured scar. There is no inflammation. There is light uh, scarring. Uh, there is slight discoloration, which will eventually uh, darken or uh, external application. So again, there is no signs of occurrence in this condition. 
as the condition which I have explained uh, now, which is a small wound, so it takes very less time to heal comparatively. Now we have the third case where uh, this is a 20 years old female. So you can all see the, uh, the condition has been more seen in the young age, that is in the second and third decade. So it is a 20 years old female who is reported with the chief complaint of pricking sensation or pricking pain, swelling at the base of the spine. And there was discomfort during, the, during sitting since one year. So she was, she has preferred symptomatic management and hasn't considered absolute treatment due to personal reasons. After counseling and assuring, and uh, when the patient uh, had uh, initially she, on medication, the patient had uh, subsided with the pain, but uh, as the condition started bothering her and after counseling, repeated counseling and assuring her, she has a, uh, she has undergone the Ayurvedic management at our place. So we have done uh, the similar kind of treatments which were being explained this before. I'll not go into the details. So this is the progress of this case where uh, on day two you can see after the Rana Shodhana and Rupana after the Shastra Karma. This is how it looks after on the day two. And uh, as expected on day seven, there is Shuddha Prana Lakshanas, which has been appreciated. You can see the red and healthy granulation, which is seen. And as every week, when we see into the wound, the wound is slowly reducing in size. On day 30, we have a very small wound with a small scar, which has been forming. And on day 42, the wound completely heals with a very minimal scar. So you can uh, just compare the type of scar formed here and the type of scar which I have shown you before uh, when I was doing the introduction. So there is no recurrence in this patient as well. Coming to the next case, we have uh, a typical hairy body type in this case where a 25 years old male who has reported with the chief complaints of pain swelling in the umbilical region since a week so he has not undergone so this is the place where he has the pain so he has not undergone any kind of treatments for this so on examination you can see there is dense hairy abdomen the hair is very thick in nature and uh, there is an inflamed tender swelling over the umbilical region. So just like the case two, we are here we have uh, uh, done certain uh, uh, Shastra Karma where we have done Vedana as it was an inflammatory swelling and there is some collection within this uh, uh, cyst or uh, swelling. So the, due to that, we have done Vedana and Vistavana, that is incision and drainage of the pus or uh, infected col uh, collection which was there within that cavity, followed by Aharana, that is extraction of the hair within the lumen, and Lekana, that is scraping of the infected wall of that uh, cavity. Then we have applied Pratisarani Akshara, that is Tikshna Pratisarani Akshara, followed by Vrana Shodhana and Vrana Ropana. So here, in, this is a picture of intraoperative uh, presentation. You can see the whole umbilicus is inflamed and uh, there are strands, multiple strands of hair, one, two, three, there are many strands of hair which are there within the cavity. And uh, once we have done the Aharana and Vrana Shodhana, 
on just by on day two you can see the difference what uh, you can appreciate here the inflammation has come down the wound is in the process of healing and there is reduction of pain there is reduction of discharge there is a reduction of swelling as well and uh, on day five the wound heals completely so this is a very acute condition as uh, this track was very small it heals very faster so in the previous case we saw it healed by uh, five days on day 10 there was uh, a very good scarring in this case it is almost healed in day five so uh, though it is a very simple case but uh, it is a very rare condition which happens in umbilical so it is uh, not very commonly happening in umbilical so though so that so that is why I thought I, I have to share these kind of cases with you all. So you don't get to see these kind of cases uh, very often. Next, uh, we have case five. This is again a classical case of uh, hypertrichosis. So you can see the density of hair which is there. So you can see a red inflamed area here. So this is an 18 years old male who has reported with the chief complaint of severe throbbing pain, swelling in the natal cleft and there was fever associated with this and uh, the patient have, was unable to sit since a week. So he had a history of similar episode an year ago for which he had uh, undergone IND that is incision and drainage of that uh, abscess. He felt better uh, after the drainage of that abscess, but the condition has recurred once again. So here, there is slight change in the treatment modality uh, when it comes to Ashtavida Shastra Karma. So here we have done, as this is an abscess which has formed, there is a collection within it. So we have done Vedana and Vistravana, that is incising and drainage of that pus, followed by Aharan of that uh, whatever uh, foreign body or the hair which is there within the cavity then we probe the track to see the course of the track and then we excise the whole track or the whole diseased tissue and then followed by lekana followed by along with that they we do agni karma shara karma then uh, once uh, the pranashodhana has happened we go for pranaropana so here you can see the process of chedana uh, the whole chunk of diseased tissue which is there and this is a whole cavity within which there are multiple strands of hair uh, within them. So these are few strands which were removed and there is some more within them. And uh, this is uh, during the uh, application of uh, Pratisara and Yakshara. So you can see this is a white paste which has been applied and uh, within Shatamatra Kala it turns into a Pakwa Jambu flower. And uh, this is day two when uh, this wound is in the process of becoming Shuddha. On day seven, as expected, you can see uh, there is the healthy granulation, there is red healthy granulation and uh, it is in the process of healing. And uh, once uh, we see every week, the, there, are, uh, there is change in the depth of the wound, there is change in the size of the wound. On day 35, the wound heals completely with a very smooth scar and uh, it matures by a couple of months and there is no signs of recurrence. We are still in touch with these patients. There is no recurrence as such. Now coming to the last case of this presentation where uh, we have 18 years old female who has reported with the chief complaint of pain, swelling and discharge from the natal cleft since six months. 
So she had preferred symptomatic management this before. So symptoms subsided on medications, but condition has recurred with multiple minute primary sinuses. So there were multiple minute sinuses, which are not visible in this picture, but they were very minute in nature and uh, very fibrosed, very evidently seeing secondary sinus, which is on the lateral aspect. So always the primary sinus are in the midline and the secondaries happen in the lateral aspect. So I'll not go into the details of the management because it is the same thing which is being done here. So we'll see uh, the process where you can see the process of Ashana. So from the primary sinus, we are trying to track down where and all the track is going. And then we go for the Chedana, which is excision of wound along with uh, the Agni Karma. And this is a picture of Pakwa Jambu Falavarana after Kshara Karma. Once the white paste will turn into blackish brown or bluish black in color. So this picture on the uh, left is the Vranabasti, which has been done with Utsadana Grita. And you can see the depth keeps reducing. And day, on day 21, we have a wound which is at the level of skin. There is no depth at all. And uh, on day 25, we have a small epithelial layer which has been forming over that wound. And on day 35, we have a very matured scar and uh, there is again no signs of recurrence till date. So these were a few of the cases uh, which we have handled successfully. Coming to the discussion, why pylonidal disease a painful journey? So this is a condition which is has a significantly which which uh, that can significantly impact uh, the individual in the most productive years. That means in their second and third decade of life. So it also impacts their socio-economical status. That means it affects their social life as well as financially as due to the repeated hospital visits due to recurrence. So the severity of this disease can also lead to daily discomfort and also limit their activity. That is how they, uh, this disease uh, mostly affects the most productive age of their life and they go into depression usually uh, due to the recurrence. So the increased incidence in this in the current times, particularly in female, has linked to various factors including hirsutism, that is uh, increased hair growth or uh, increased uh, 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 thickness or increased pattern of hair growth over the body which is uh, usually associated with the elevated levels of uh, free testosterone in the body. Then coming to deep natal cleft uh, due to obesity, there is excessive fat in the buttocks due to which there is deepening of the cleft, uh, which causes uh, this kind of uh, disease. And the PCOS, that is uh, uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a common condition in this present era, characterized with uh, hormonal imbalance, which also contributes with the occurrence of uh, pylonidal disease. Then we have other factors like local trauma, like physical injury or stress, or a local skin irritation, which happens in this in these kind of places. 
familial uh, predisposition that is hereditary which is one among the or the genetic factor which uh, also uh, makes the individual more susceptible for uh, pyloneidal disease then we have smoking and uh, sedentary lifestyle uh, so uh, and also overuse of steroids also uh, causes or the prolonged use of st steroids in these days can also uh, predispose in the occurrence of this kind of a disease or the occurrence or the formation of uh, excessive hair growth as well so then we have factors like dietary factors where uh, unnatural or unhealthy uh, dietary choices which include consumption of diet uh, dairy and powdery uh, products which are obtained by unnatural means that means by a uh, few of the places uh, there are uh, they have been injecting steroids or they have been using hormonal drugs for increasing the productivity of uh, powdery as well as dairy so these kind of uh, when you consume these kind of food that can they, that can impact uh, in the hormonal imbalance in your body uh, which will lead further lead to these kind of a disease now managing uh, this pyloneidal disease presents several challenges as uh, highlighted by some of the studies like inadequate elimination or omission that means when the tract is co not completely removed or eliminated then there are secondary infections which are there uh, due to the uh, chronicity of the wound improper wound care or improper wound healing which will lead to unhealthy scarring which can be a scar which can be a hard or a hypertrophied or a uh, fibrosed one or it can be a keloid as well so what happens here is due to this uh, hardening or fibrosis this will cause discomfort to the patient and the patient will not be able to sit properly then there are aesthetic distortions uh, due to surgeries like uh, advancement flap as i have explained this before so these surgeries uh, like advancement flap uh, are plastic surgical uh, techniques where uh, these surgeries are done with the intention of avoiding the scar in the natal cleft so either to avoid the scar in the natal cleft or to completely eliminate the natal cleft itself so that there is no recurrence at all so though they don't have uh, that much of recurrence when we compare to the uh, conventional other techniques but they do result in aesthetic distortion of the uh, uh, area which has been operated which impacts on the appearance of the affected area now coming to ayurveda unlike contemporary science ayurveda offers a wide range of uh, vranachikitsa in uh, terms of shasti upakrama which has more condition specific or well tailored uh, to any stage or any kind of a wounds or an ulcer in fact vranachikitsa has been explained even before the manifestation of wound so that is from the initial stage of ranashofa that means a rudimentary phase of uh, inflammatory swelling and later the vranachikitsa just doesn't end up uh, with epithelialization or scar formation but it also extends furthermore uh, with the terms of uh, krishni karana pandu karana that means bringing back normal natural skin color to the scar 
Roma Sanjanana, that means promoting uh, growth uh, over the scar where there is necessary. And Loma Paharana, that is prevention of hair growth, where like in this case, we want prevention of hair growth. So in these conditions, we, uh, we can use certain drugs which can be applied over that scar. So all these things are done with an intention to bring in a very minimal scar so that this scar has almost a similar attribute to that of a normal skin in terms of color, texture, elasticity and hair growth. Now one notable aspect of Shashtiopakrama is its flexibility. There is no stringent uh, protocol uh, which is needed to be followed every time or in every case. As per the condition and the yukti of the vaitya, the chikitsa can be tailored. And the emphasis is on the right amount of uh, healthy granulation tissue growth at the right time duration, which is the key to achieve a very minimal scar without formation of any complicated scarring like hypotrophic scar or killer formation. So maybe uh, when we see into all these factors, maybe that is why when it comes to wound care or ulcer management, uh, Ayurveda has an upper hand. Now coming to our uh, multimodular management, what was the rationale behind opting all these kind of treatment modalities? First thing is to eradicate the disease from the root level with Shastra Karma and Agni Karma. Then Kshara does Dahana, that is burning, Shoshana, that is drying up or uh, killing, or and Shodhana, that is cleansing of any remnant uh, micro sinuses to ensure total elimination. So here the speciality of Agni and Kshara are, Agni is Karmataha Shreshta, that means it is supreme in its action. Kshara is Gunataha Shreshta, that is supreme in its quality. So when rightly utilized in diseases where, the, where, where uh, they are being treatable by Agni and Kshara, these kind of conditions will seldom recur. So that is why Acharya have said it, once you treat with Agni and Kshara, it is a Punar Bhava, that means it doesn't recur. So followed by Shodhana of the Vrana, we have done Utsadhana Karma, that is to promote rapid and healthy granulation to facilitate optimum secondary intention of wood healing. Now the challenge, how do we prevent recurrence? That is with the most popular uh, method or the most effective first line of management in any disease which has been explained by Ayurveda, that is Nidana Parivarjana or eliminating the cause. So regular hair trimming or removal of hair or preventing the hair growth uh, over that particular area or the natal cleft by, for example, we do have certain drugs like Loma Shatana Lepa. Uh, by repeated application of these kind of Lepa, there is prevention of hair growth in certain places. So these can be done to prevent the for, uh, recurrence of uh, pyelonidal disease. Along with this, we have to maintain the hygiene of the place, also skin care, the right amount of moisture, the right uh, kind of uh, tissue maintenance is to be maintained in the natal cleft, which is usually neglected most of the time. And, and lastly, the most important one, the diet and lifestyle corrections, so that uh, all the confounding factors which are there for the formation of this uh, runner will be rectified 
by the diet and lifestyle corrections, uh, uh, by doing some ahara uh, viharaja uh, rectification, like uh, you have to avoid uh, any kind of asatmi ahara, any kind of virudhahara, vishamashana, all these things when we take care of and uh, proper lifestyle corrections like uh, uh, regular exercises or and uh, maintaining the uh, body weight and uh, making sure that uh, you are not into any kind of uh, uh, other diseases like thyroid, hyperthyroidism or uh, hyperlipidemia. So all these things, if it is taken care of, uh, the disease might not recur. So based on the current uh, case studies and their outcome, it is evident that pilonidal disease has a profound effect on physical, mental and as well as social well-being and has its own management challenges associated with it. Ayurveda offers better and wide range of treatment uh, uh, modalities which are time-tested surgical management. This case series can serve as a foundation to further clinical trials which will involve a larger population and uh, most importantly retrospective works uh, to monitor recurrence in Ayurveda management uh, is uh, the need of the R to ensure global acceptance. So these are few of my resources. Thank you. Well, uh, thank you, Dr. Ashwin. So for uh, such an awesome and exhaustive uh, presentation. I, I think, think I have uh, taken a long time, sir. <laughs> you have taken, uh, see, uh, even probably our participants also will agree, even uh, added 10 minutes or 15 minutes of your presentation would not have minded. So because it was so much, uh, like gripping and engrossing and very interesting uh, the presentation was especially the case presentations the intro you gave with the cheap disease and uh, took it ahead that was really fantastic and also the uh, common positive factors maybe the symptoms and uh, the best part was the presentation of uh, the cases as you said uh, these case some at least uh, most cases are very rarely available uh, to uh, see and very importantly, Dr. Ashwin, I want to appreciate is uh, the stepwise approach you took in uh, the treating all those six cases. Very, uh, like very rarely I've seen people, see Sushruta, we know, when we read through Sushruta, so it just gives goosebumps, like when we are going through each and every page. So how much depth of surgical knowledge that treatise has, of course, the other treatises also. So, Shuta is that's why called as a master of uh, or the father of surgery. It's not just like that. So, I can see the glimpses of uh, the US of Shuta in uh, Dr. Ashwin Shetty also. Uh, all of us read, like, even I've seen a few presentations, many presentations from uh, uh, experts. I'm not nullifying anyone, uh, those who are presented in uh, the surgical cases through Ayurveda perspective. I've seen I've not seen anybody going through the Shastrokta format. So starting with uh, the Ashtavida, Ashastra Karmas, then coming to the Agni Karma and also the Kshara Karmas, then the Vrana Chikitsa in that particular order and presenting that them in that particular order by itself. At last in your conclusion, you showed that it's uh, these cases may be the so like open up the gates for research work. This itself is a research. So what else? Uh, the young uh, surgeons of Ayurveda who are uh, looking at these cases, they will definitely uh, tap many lessons from your presentation. Uh, so how a case needs to be handled, 
so this also shows how much of uh, like not only the chronology i'm speaking how much of uh, the thought process has been put in handling those cases and documenting in that particular order that was really astonishing for me uh, the utsadana gruta that you mentioned and also the matra kalas wherein uh, the uh, wounds uh, turned out to pakwa uh, jambu phala i had a few questions but you addressed those things in the conclusion and the previous slides uh we yes, also sir. have a few questions from the question box but that was an yes, awesome sir. presentation uh so wherein uh, the chronology of uh, astavida uh, shastra karma etc were used before going to the question box uh, uh, dr ashwin a small question yes, is so like shasti upakrama we know that it's a universe by all by itself it's an entire universe comprising of almost all the modalities Uh, from even the kaitikesa sampradaya and also shalya sampradaya everything documented 16 uh, different approaches documented there that itself comprises of the entire universe of ayurveda uh, so here uh, sushruta interestingly comes through vimlapana uh, avasechana upanaha and all those things and then he comes to the patana vidhi where he mentions the ashtavida shastra uh, karmas uh, there so there also like apatarpana alepa parisheka and lot more external uh, uh, measures have been followed by sushruta that's a beautiful chronology so that opens up the gate how things need to be handled today why i said i saw glimpses of your sushruta in you because you follow that particular chronology but one important interesting question from me on behalf of the participants is how would you look at vimlapana avasechana and upanaha those prakriyas being performed before going to the ashtavida shastra karma uh, you started your treatments with the ashtavida shastra karmas so where do these earlier stages at least 10 to 12 steps which are mentioned before the surgical process by sushruta in shasti upakrama what do uh, what place do they hold for a surgeon yes. how does the surgeon like you look at those things and uh, have you adopted those things because i personally have seen you you dedicate your time to prepare your own vamana medicines and all, uh, even the kshara sutra and all those things so where do you look at these measures dr prashwin yes sir so the first few things which you have said from the apatarpana to the alepa vimlapana all those things etc so as i said before uh, the pranachikitsa has not just from the manifestation of wound it is way before that from the manifestation of shofa uh, that is yeah so when there is an inflammatory swelling which is in amavastha so this few uh, things which have been said apatarpana alepa and all is to make the vrana into pakva so from the amavastha to pakva avastha then we do the vedana etc the shastra karma whatever it takes so once it becomes pakva and it, it is completely manifested when there is pus formation then we when then we go for uh, the shastra karma so when what happens in our uh, uh, kind of clinical practices patient usually comes in the bheda uh, avastha or uh, in the uh, manifested uh, thing where where, where there is all ha uh, vyakta avastha so so when it is already vyakta we don't have to go through all those things we can uh, start with the shastra karma itself so whenever there is puya which is there we have to do the puya nirharana so we have to incise and drain the puya and whenever there is shalya we have to do the shalya nirharana 
so that is uh, how we can decide unless if it is a very uh, apakwa if it is in apakwa we can go for all this vimla pana just like when you have a pimple on a face we just try to macerate it sometime and next day it is all already uh, the pus has formed and you pop up so the same way the vimla pana and everything is done in, to make the uh, rana shofa into pakwa vastu so then comes the show rana shodana and then comes rana ropana then comes prakriti sarpana where there is the healing and the scarring the, the way the scar should be for that those things have been done so this is how the systematically the shashti upakrama is been explained thank you thank you sir shilsar for uh, clarifications as we know as uh, dr ashwin rightly said uh there are even uh, like the prerequisites which uh, uh, act as a foundation every time the vrana may not express uh, in the form of uh, like a wound or a uh, this one also so vrana shofa is the earlier stage uh, so for a for an ayurveda surgeon uh, dr ashwin how important is it to diagnose uh, the vrana shofa condition because uh, that's uh, as you said uh, even in the vekta the bedavastha only the patient will uh, come to the surgeons uh, this one so there also they might neglect for a, a particular time as you already mentioned in the precautions need to be taken the hair trimming and also the moisturizers uh, to be used and all those things uh, so here when we see uh, what's your clinical experience with uh, handling the vrana shofa how early uh, can this uh, like a valpana which is about to erupt can be diagnosed in uh, the clinical practice so what's what's your thoughts on uh, looking at vrana shofa as the precursor of the vranas and the, the uh, next stages to occur so when we talk about bhagandara maybe bhagandara pidaka or maybe there is a vidradi which has happened so usually people comes uh, sometimes very rarely they come in the pachamana avastha or amavastha pachamana avastha because there is too much of uh, different kinds of pain which has been uh, manifested in that particular time so there is suchi uh, vatvedana and there is throbbing pain there is burning sensation daha is there so there is redness there is very tense swelling which is there so in these conditions sometimes patient do come then we do this kind of alepa uh, dharana that is a kind of lepa what we use for the opening up of the this thing and also we do jaloka vachana which is one of the very excellent uh, uh, remedy for pranashofa uh, which comes under the uh, ratta mokshana category and uh, what this does is uh, it will helping easily uh, reducing the inflammation and uh, it also helps to easy uh, and without any complication it uh, uh, moves on to the next stage and so that we can do the bedavastha so it is very rare that uh, we get we hardly get to see in that avastha unless the patient is having too much of pain or if the vrana shofa is in some place where the patient is not able to sit or uh, sleep in those conditions we do it thank you sir thank you for uh, usually we use uh, uh, dashanga lepa nagaradi lepa these kind of lepas uh, mm. to make it pakwa so then we go for uh, shastrakarma thank you sir thank you for uh, wonderful clarification about uh, so shastik upakrama so it's always uh, been my favorite area from uh, uh, susruta so yes. such a uh, what to tell uh, such immense uh, uh, wisdom and knowledge Uh, planted in chesty upakrama there 
uh, it was wonderful to see you follow the Shastrukta principles in that particular order and giving such wonderful results in clinical practice. So we shall take some questions from the question box here. Uh, yes, while some appreciations are on your way for a wonderful presentation from our uh, uh, participants. So excuse me if I uh, so just uh, can't read those uh, uh, like words of appreciation. So thanks to everyone who have uh, uh, like uh, posted your appreciations to Dr. Ashwin on behalf of Dr. Ashwin. I think and, I uh, went, sir, I think I went too slow because I didn't want to hurry up because few things are, uh, when we talk about few things, it just goes above the head. So I just wanted to make uh, things clear. So I went really slow. Uh, absolutely, I, absolutely, yeah. Dr. Ashwin. So that's, see, the slowness, that's what the lady's finger or the lady's hand was, uh, like the delicate handling of this topic was very much uh, needed here. I can see your vision and the lion's heart, but that particular part was very much needed here because even in uh, like our Gurukula, our Gurukula sessions, a full-fledged surgical session, I think this is the first one we are handling, uh, like plenty of, uh, so plenty of thought process and plenty of words. So there are also uh, uh, some uh, good people, so like amongst our participants for whom the, some terms may be really new. So that the slow mm -hmm. approach from your perspective was very much needed here. So thanks for that uh, slow guidance. So let me go with the question here. Pradnyaji uh, comes up with a question. Doctor, what's the best way to differentiate between pyelonidal sinus and pet source? Very interesting question, Doctor. Pet source, okay. Yes, sir. Uh, pet source usually happens similar in the same place, usually in the most dependent part. So pet source are seen in someone who is immobile, who is paralyzed, who is sleeping or who is lying down or who is sitting for a long duration of time. So there is a complete necrosis of that whole tissue wherever uh, there is dependent part. And uh, even uh, when it comes to pyelonidal sinus, it is most commonly seen in young aged. And uh, also the hair pattern, what, what I was talking about. So the hair on the back, all those things matter. And it is mostly seen in someone who is moving around because of the friction that it happens. So it is, uh, that is how we can differentiate. It doesn't happen in a person who is lying down for a long duration, who is uh, not mobile for a long duration. So it, uh, the, the bed sore or the decubitus ulcer, what they are speaking, it, it is a ulcer which is happening in someone who is lying down and there is a, a whole dushta uh, vrana which is going to form at that particular area. There is no foreign body as such. This is purely due to the pressure which has been created and there is loss of blood supply and nutrition to those uh, tissue due to which this happens. Whereas here there is a foreign body which is triggering this condition as well as the movement of the buttocks or the movement of their fingers. When it comes to barbers, they move their fingers every time. So due to that, it does the insertion process. So one is uh, mobile uh, people's uh, disease, one is uh, who is on bed. So that is how we can differentiate. Thank you there, uh, Dr. Ashwin. So from Dr. Ashwin's presentation, we uh, also learned that hair can uh, be a beauty concept and hair can also be an enemy here in this particular context. Uh, Jay Raghuji's question, is anesthesia given in these cases that you presented, Dr. Ashwin? Yeah, yeah. We do oh, give lo local anesthesia, hmm. uh, only to the but place where we operate. So without anesthesia, it's a very painful uh, process and it is not uh, ethically right. 
so we do give local anesthesia which are safe which are being uh, uh, tested on them for sensitivity and then we go for uh, local anesthesia and the all the vitals and all, everything is monitored during this process and uh, we do have a, a team where uh, we do handle emergencies in case of any complication we do handle it we have a backup so that is how it has been done so this process is uh, painless when it when it is done so once the effect of anesthesia has gone then the patient slightly starts to feel the pain also uh, during the process of uh, the wound management during the dressing the patient will have some kind of pain because it's a very sensitive area and uh, uh, this pain is being managed partially by ayurveda medicines like kaishwarabhul as i have explained before and once the prana becomes shuddha itself it uh, reduces the pain factor and uh, in the initial days like uh, in the day 1 and day 2 if there is severe pain we have to give certain painkillers uh, which is a modern medicine like diclofenac and all Uh, that is just for a temporary basis, just to keep them comfortable. After that, everything is uh, what we do is provide. Thank you, sir, uh, Dr. Ashwin. And uh, so there were some questions also from Ajay Raghuji. Can this happen in other areas like axilla and groin areas? Axilla very rare. Groin, yeah. Umbilicus, yes. Interdigital spaces, yes. And most commonly in the uh, natal cleft. Natal cleft. so there and, are certain uh, other conditions sir like in axilla and all we get uh, hs that is hydrotenitis uh, suppurativa which is one more condition which is which mimics like uh, pilonidal sinus where there is inflammation of that uh, apocrine glands and this is a very chronic condition this is a very big scarring which happens which looks like that but it is a different condition it has a different pathogenesis thank you uh, shishireka ji has a question here uh are there are there any concomitant conditions in them so i, I guess in the pilonidal sinus does it affect in healing if so does protocol changes in them and orally what medicines were given in all cases if you can just brief yeah. them yeah uh i want to get uh, some clarification concomitant uh, things means like yeah so i i to associated uh, Conditions, yeah, I think so. I think so. Associated conditions in uh, probably yes, pilonidal sinus. Uh, so usually it is in a young adult, which which we are seeing. Usually they don't have any kind of comorbidities. Sometimes if there is any kind of um, comorbidities uh, like diabetes, hypertension, those things has to be uh, kept under control. And also if they are uh, immunocompromised. Uh, patients then we have to use certain uh, immunomodulator drugs like uh, guduchi and all here what we have given here is uh, we have given a kashaya which is uh, usually given in prana like uh, tiktaka kashaya then we have given kaishura gukulu sometimes we give trifala gukulu uh, then uh, we do give uh, uh, gandaka rasayana then uh, arogya vardhini sometimes depending on the patient and the need of the patient we do prescribe these kind of medicines which uh, help in healing which help in making the prana shuddha and also it which helps in reducing the pain of the patient thank you sir sir and uh, there was a sub question like and uh, oral medicines what were the oral medicines you mentioned if you like kaishara yeah, yeah, yeah. and other things 
would would you like to keep your prescription simple or would you uh, like customize it like i i usually uh, keep it very small because i don't want to burden the patient with too much too many medicines i usually have a uh, straight targeted uh, kind of a prescription uh, without beating around the bush so i just keep something uh, like a kashaya when there is a shodhana process i go for that and i want brahman i use something which is in gritha form uh, when i want uh, like rasaushadi i use uh, uh, like karogya vartini and uh, we have certain proprietary medicines where there is uh, one drug one capsule which has combination of arogya vartini trifula gokulu then guruji then gandakrasana which is called as grab so that kind of uh, single drug where patient will also uh, it will be economic for the patient as well they don't have to take so many medicine and also it will be uh, one uh, step solution where it is easy for them to have also it is not difficult and uh, young people they don't uh, they want something which is palatable also. so more of tablets and uh, less of kashaya sometimes otherwise uh, we Uh, prefer giving kashayam in the initial stage when there is show when we need shodhana so those uh, on in that week like one week of uh, shodhana process that those places we give titta uh, kashaya or patola di kashaya these kind of kashaya it does shodhana wonderful sir so so many things need to be looked into while prescribing the medicines like as you said if we have a formulation or a uh, like a combination which has multiple medicines and also works on the cost efficacy which is also re really reliable and also uh, very effective so these things need to be looked into uh, before prescribing anything so thank you there and any guidance or uh, education to the patient in prevent uh, preventing recurrence so shashirekha just question yeah. as i explained every patient we do advise them to keep their uh, affected area clean their hair should be prevented every at least they have to trim their hairs we usually advise them not to use blades we use we ask them to use trimmers so that there is no ingrowing hair which forms there and uh, we also ask them if it is not a sensitive area there are certain creams which comes nowadays which can be used for as a hair removal cream or a foam which is being used and in ayurveda also we do have uh, loma shatana lepa which has uh, haratala and all so where uh, the that lepa can be applied and uh, Uh, it doesn't remove the hair uh, there itself, but it uh, on regular application the growth of hair has been reduced at that particular place. So that has been maintained, and also the hygiene and skin care. These things we do educate them also with the uh, dietary lifestyle changes, whatever uh, is needed. Thank you, thank you, sir. So Pradnaji has a question here. Doctor, what all herbs are used in Sharakarma? Is Gomutra used? That's the question. Yeah, Gomutra uh, we do use sometimes uh, when it is a dushta vrana for uh, prakshalana or uh, even like a pichu when we want to make the vrana into shuddha we do use Gomutra or uh, sometimes we uh, we don't want uh, certain irritants where Gomutra does cause burning sensation does it it also cause discomfort to the patient in those places we use. Uh, when the patient is too sensitive, we use panchaval kala kashaya or trifla kashaya, so which does uh, similar work. And but gomutra as a kshara, it does more lekana. So when we want too much of lekana to happen, uh, we can go for gomutra. But uh, here we have already used the uh, pratisarani kshara under anesthesia because uh, kshara do does cause too much of burning sensation. So it is done under. Uh, 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 
this thing anesthesia and it is done one sitting so once if we do that is enough after that uh, the vrana will slowly uh, slough off the top layer and it will become shuddha so after that we can go with the ritka or thaila or whatever is needed thank you thank you sir So we have also tried uh, jatiyadi taila and grita as well sir in these kind mm -hmm. of cases uh, mm -hmm. those things also will work but uh, for uh, utsadana purpose utsadana uh, yoga what we have observed is the rapidly rapidly growing granulation which is seen is more in this when we use uh, utsadana grita than it com when compared with the jatiyadi grita utsadana grita uh, i don't think is it available sir or you prepare no it is not available but uh, yoga Yoga has been explained by Shushruta, so mm -hmm. we have uh, done it uh, uh, here. Prepared, prepared it. Okay. Thank you, sir. And uh, Mr. Kerry, Ayurvedic Yoga and uh, Thai style of Bengal also has a question. Uh, after appreciating uh, your presentation, are the patients given a grutha to use between hospital visits? Uh, initially, what we do is uh, we. do we insist doing the dressing initially sir because it's a very deep wound uh, it is difficult for them to do the bandaging so later what happens once the depth of the wound reduces and it is very easy to bandage at that time we have certain medicated patches so which are available like uh, we have manorajan tausar's uh, super heal which is uh, a patch which has been impregnated or a cause which has been uh, impregnated with uh, medicated grita uh, uh, which is which has panchaval kalanimba and etc so these patches are very easy to use so we do give them and uh, just you have to clean the wound and apply this patch and you have to just dress it so it is as simple as that so it is very useful for them or we can make a patch out of uh, utsadana grita as well or any grita so that so that uh, the, the patient uh, themselves can easily do the dressing at their own without compromising any sterility and uh, that is done only when the wound is uh, about to heal and or if the depth has been reduced before that when the wound is deeper we uh, insist doing ourselves because we have to clean the deeper part of the wound Uh, that is necessary otherwise what happens if you keep cleaning the top part and you are not taking care of the uh, deeper structures what happens is there is false healing there is the unhealthy tissue beneath and there is healing of the top tissues so that again there is infection which is uh, going to bury uh, inside that wound and uh, it will again start up or it will again recur this condition so that is why we insist for at least two weeks we do dressing here we call them initially what happens when there is too much of srava we ask them to come every day or we keep them on admission here so we do that otherwise uh, once the wound turns into shuddha there is scanty discharge or where there is very less uh, discharge from the wound in those conditions we do the dressing once in two days so that the patient don't get that burden of coming every day and uh, they can continue with their daily routine and all those things thank you sir sir a few words of appreciation again i would like to thank dr manu prasad uh, uh, revathi ji ayurvedam and also jayragu ji mentioning a well explained presentation without rushing that was very important as you see uh, kalpana ji i think uh, very precise and clear presentation along with all the steps and six various steps uh, types of cases including nidana parivarjana which is amazing uh, being in us as a practitioner i don't get to experience start to finish uh, shastra karma uh, thank you so much thank you kalpana ji for your wonderful words
And again, Kalpanaji also has a question. What kind of lepas are used to stop recurrence to decrease the yes. hair growth? So Dr. Ashwin has already mentioned the Roma Shatana and other things. So your thoughts, sir, again? Yes, sir. Loma Shatana Lepa can be used. Uh, usually, Loma Shatana Lepa has to be used for a long duration. Nowadays, we do get uh, certain uh, herbal sprays and all. I don't know if they are uh, not irritant or not. I have not used those. And uh, nowadays, there are foams and uh, which are available, which are skin friendly, which have uh, aloe vera base and all. And those things can be used sometimes if they are not, uh, if they don't have a sensitive skin. Or the safest thing is uh, regular trimming, regular trimming of that particular area, which can be done safely. Or Loma Shatana Lepa also uh, can be applied, which is also safe. Thank you, sir. I guess uh, those were the, uh, the questions. And uh, yeah, again, a couple of uh, appreciations. Thank you, Padmiaji and uh, ji and also Kalpanaji. Uh, I guess uh, we have come to the end of the session with those uh, questions. A uh, couple of things uh, to end up, uh, Dr. Ashwin. Uh, see, how, how much, like we uh, tell that clinical practice through Ayurveda is, uh, has its own challenges. As a surgeon while practicing, uh, how, what challenges did you face in convincing the patients to go uh, to the surgical table to conduct these uh, procedures? Uh, and uh, uh, how do you overcome those things? and uh, what uh, what what are your tips to the uh, modern day young kids who are coming uh, to pursue their specialization in shalya yeah uh, uh, like god's blessings i have got good teachers uh, who have trained me very well and uh, the confidence what i have right now is uh, just due to them this was not me before uh, uh, me doing the post graduation in Shalya Tantra. So things do happen. You have you get a right teacher who can uh, train you uh, and uh, you be a right student and uh, be dedicated for that uh, work. And uh, convincing patient is really difficult because uh, surgical, usually patients come to us to Ayurveda for uh, avoiding surgery. They don't want to go through the surgical procedure. So certain conditions, we don't have uh, other group. Like uh, when it comes to Bhagandara, when it comes to any kind of uh, run shofar, even Shushota has said Shastra Karma itself to be done. So we can't avoid, uh, we have to educate them. Maybe repeated sittings of uh, counseling would help or uh, the if you have uh, previous uh, success stories so that is why uh, i feel what i have learned from my uh, mistakes is uh, i do take uh, photos so that is one thing what i do every time if whatever it is i do take photos of every stage of uh, uh, or the process of healing of my patients so that those things will be an example to bring in a confidence to our next patient so we do show them uh, that uh, this was the case which I have treated. So you are in a right hand. So that is how I practice. And uh, without evidence, uh, even convincing patient is difficult. And getting their consent is really difficult. So being a young uh, surgeon, usually they prefer someone who is expert, who is seasoned. So we are just youngsters. So we need to show proofs so that uh, we can convince them for surgery. So that is how I do. 
Absolutely. Sometimes sir. it's uh, difficult, sir. Absolutely. Sometimes it's difficult. I too, uh, in my post-graduation department of Kajikasa, I used to tell my students always, document, 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 have your cameras on, photographs, mm -hmm. uh, videos. So that so these will be the interesting success stories which we need to share with uh, the younger generation, the upcoming generation. Only then they'll be inspired. In fact, I tell always carry these photographs mm -hmm. and videos to the first BMS students and show them. So because they have come with no knowledge of Ayurveda or minimum knowledge of Ayurveda, when they see these things, Ayurveda can do these things, uh, wonderful things. And wonderful that is what results. I was to do, sir. When I was in my teaching profession, so what I used to do is I used to uh, put a notice board in front of my uh, OPD, where the notice board has a before and after and the duration of time duration which has taken to happen this kind of a wound. So this would be an example for a younger generation. There are students who are passing around. They see that and they get to know that Ayurveda isn't slow. So you do the right thing at the right place. And uh, even we with Ayurveda, Ayurvedic medicines, we can achieve uh, way faster than uh, even the modern uh, techniques, whatever uh, the wound healing process, whatever it is. So when it comes to wound healing, modern science are very limited uh, things. Uh, now, nowadays, like for applications, there are a few things. but as per the Shastyopakrama or Ayurvedic principles, uh, it has gone very deep-rootedly uh, when it comes to Chikitsa. It is not just the local treatment what we are doing. There is Shodhana also. Shastyopakrama is not just the local thing what we are doing. There is Shodhana of the whole body which we are doing. There is Vamana, uh, Virechana, Basti. Everything has been set in that. So these things can be implemented along with this uh, so that we get a better result or a faster result and uh, even better than uh, modern uh, outcomes. So that is how I inspire my students. So they have a hope that uh, we are not chosen a wrong uh, science. So that, that's what my primary intention and secondary is uh, for my patients so that uh, when they enter my chamber, they have a confidence that uh, this can be cured by this person. Wonderful, sir. Amazing. So I guess uh, even the teachers, uh, young teachers who have finished their post-version PhD coming to the teaching profession, so might love to have the notice board uh, in front of the rooms, as Dr. Ashwin said. So Ayurveda, Shalya Tantra in able and very capable hands. And uh, like, uh, as long as we have Dr. Ashwin, uh, like uh, young surgeons in and around, so true torch bearers for uh, uh, Ayurveda Shalya. So, in fact, uh, the Ayurveda Sampradaya itself. Uh, and uh, last two questions, uh, Dr. Ashwin, with following the tradition, not leaving any question unanswered from the question box, you can take just a few seconds and quickly answer them. Why Arogya Vardhini here? Shashirikaji's question. Yeah, Arogya Vardhini is given in some Pitaja conditions, we give in skin conditions. And uh, even uh, in Vrana, to reduce the inflammation also for the healing, there is Rakta Shodhana also which is required here. So for that also we can go for Arogya Vardhini. It is kind of a Rasayana also. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And uh, Sandiji's last question, sir. Lomashatana Lepa should be applied after trimming? Yeah, yeah after, after, after trimming, yeah. Absolutely. So after regular trimming, just apply over the skin and leave it for some time. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So you also mentioned the word Rasayana. So I think uh, in my notes, what I was making, I was also a very keen student in your class, Dr. Ashwin. Today I learned a lot of things. Uh, I made a few questions and also I noted uh, many points from your presentation, which was really interesting and new also to me. Uh, the last question, anyhow, would have been from my side. 
uh, what's the role of rasayana and uh, what are the best rasayanas in uh, uh, the management of these conditions so because we end up things mentioning the rasayanas one two three yeah. quick notes sir rasayana we can give uh, when the agni is good we can go for uh, any kind of layers uh, like uh, we can go for push mandalaya so these kind of layers can be used other than that we can go for gandaka rasayana it, it is also yes. very good and even arogyavardhini uh, as i explained it is taken for uh, 48 days or something so it also acts like a rasayana like so these these things uh, can be used thank you dev sir and uh, uh, last but not uh, the least so a last question uh, was shalyatantra a choice or by default for the prashvin no it was a choice hardcore choice and <laughs> so i have uh, taken 3 uh, years of time after my post graduation to understand what is my passion and uh, through this i have and through my gurus uh, they have noticed that my skills surgical skills we used to do siraveda we used to do jaloka these things before before joining uh, my people's graduation so they have seen me doing very uh, without any fear without any with very fluently because uh, i have got that kind of uh, training in my undergraduation so due to that and my memory so due to that uh, i was very good at this and my gurus they they had uh, advised me that you can be a better shalya vaidya so that is how then i thought about it and uh, i wanted to choose the right college uh, with the right uh, guru so my first guru is uh, ravishankar parvejee sir at pottur so <laughs> he is my very big inspiration so from him i chose uh, he directed me towards uh, ramesh bhat sir so uh, i went in search of him i went to shri shri so i landed up there so that is how this path was yeah, that was indeed a wonderful journey dr ashwin so uh, really happy and proud uh, for having hosted this particular session with dr ashwin personally and uh, very happy and proud to have one of the best surgeons with easy ayurveda in nizhara hospital sir that's case up <laughs> uh, so uh, it was it was indeed a wonderful presentation i guess uh, the participants also will uh, all the participants also will agree that it was a uh, mind blowing session so with lot of information lot of knowledge and wisdom we carry home from uh, the text of sushruta through uh, dr ashwin acharya Ash, acharya sushruta to acharya ashwin today so thank thank you dear sir thank you very much on behalf of all thank you sir on behalf of all the participants of easy ayurveda and team easy ayurveda a part of the team which dr ashwin himself is so big thanks uh, to dr ashwin for a wonderful uh, and thought provoking presentation thank you sir thank you so much thank you for the opportunity sir thank you and thanks to all our wonderful participants i have been uh, telling this you people are just wonderful so you have uh, kept uh, being with us so today also it's a long very interesting session uh, with dr ashwin and you people hung on there with your wonderful questions and made this interaction and made this uh, session beautiful amazing and uh, with a lot of wisdom and uh, knowledge to carry ahead so coming up uh, this weekend will be guru goda session with dr janardan vihebar sir and dr purraja sir and uh, until we meet next wednesday in uh, at another episode of gurukula with at another uh, resource speaker it's a big thanks namaste and uh, lots of love from easy ayurveda namaste and thank you thanks thanks